tribe, it's a new age groove, one step at a time, yeah, we move to the tune, while we're set in the style, know it is what it is, chamuhimu new high, good vibes when we get down with the tribe, it's a new age groove, one step at a time, yeah, we move to the tune, while we're set in the style, know it is what it is, Hey everyone, welcome to News by the Catalyst. This is a podcast about politics, culture, and entertainment. And we are your hosts, Moloni Maingi and... Maxine Jacker. Awesome. So nobody ever says, fuck the fireman, right? Mm-hmm. But when you say, fuck the police, everybody understands exactly what it is that you're talking about, right? Yeah. yeah. So we've just come off a bittersweet, what some people are terming as justice, other people are terming as accountability. Others are saying, too little, too late, mm-hmm. nothing really actually gives an excuse for those in the system to not hold anybody else to account or the system to in itself to account. Mm-hmm. And this is around Derek Chauvin's triple guilty verdict yeah. on George Floyd's murder that we had to watch on 4K. <laughs> yeah. And you know what's crazy is the for him fact to be convicted. That, yeah. And the fact that we also this person murdering someone on camera, there was video evidence. Right. And yet the whole world was scared. We were scared of the verdict. It I should be obvious, you know? I honestly didn't expect it to go the way that it went. Mm-hmm. I was, I don't know if the term is pleasantly surprised because it isn't. Again, as I said, this is a very bittersweet, actually bitter, not even a victory because just this morning we've woken up to the news of Malkia Bryant being shot dead when she was acting in self-defense and she actually called the police um, to intervene in an attack that she she was under. And this is somebody that was 16 years old and they can bring in, they can literally bring in mass shooters alive, buy them burgers as long as they're white men. But the moment it's anybody with any color, any melanin, they literally just die from 11-year-olds um, all the way up. Yeah, and, you know, we also saw Breonna Taylor's murderers. Mm-hmm. They recently got a book deal and a distrib- under a distribution company to distribute their books, basically, yeah, to basically tell their account of the story. Mm-hmm. Yet, it was, it, was not, it was not distributed. That's the good thing. Mm-hmm. But... This was because of public outrage. Yeah. That's the only reason it wasn't distributed. Yeah, and it was by Simon and Schutzter, who mm-hmm. basically engaged in this shit show. And the book says, is it the inside story, the true story behind Breonna Taylor's um, case or murder, mm-hmm. which is exactly what it is. She was asleep in her house. What was the justification? That said, this is um, a historic first. <laughs> whatever that means, uh, where you have the first ever white man, white policeman convicted um, in Minnesota and the eighth only police officer convicted since, was it 2005? And five out of over 16,000 killings. That's quite a small, small, small fraction. It should be worrying. It's extremely worrying. Yeah, and this is something that's a trend across the globe, right? Mm -hmm. Um, We think of just even in Kenya, where we were listed as the worst country when it comes to police brutality Mm -hmm. during the pandemic, when people were enforcing curfews. And the reality is this is something that anybody can relate to across the globe. 
Yeah, true. And we also saw Nancy Pelosi, who is a speaker. Mm. <laughs> she came out and she was on record thanking George Floyd for dying, you know. And yeah. I, that rubbed me the wrong way. For dying and for calling out to his mother. It rubbed me the very wrong way. I, I don't know. This is the same woman that said she loves and prays for Trump. So I, you know, no breath held there. I expected it of Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. I continue to expect more mess from, from her. her. Um, this is somebody who wears kente cloth <laughs> and kneels. Kneels. <laughs> <laughs> but bringing, Black Lives Matter. Yeah. So <laughs> bringing things closer home. I uh, remember when the police spokesman mm. Charles Owino mm-hmm. he said that some of these policemen are very young and they're still very erratic and they get drunk yeah they mm-hmm. get drunk with the little power that they have to and justify yes and that is why they shoot and kill and rape and maim people under the guise of maintaining curfew rules and what is that term called? I don't know what the exact term is called, but you know, mm-hmm. when you're found, oh, mask, not wearing mask violations, right? Uh, they yeah. use that as justifications for the kind of violence that they, that they inflict on people. And, um, you know, when I think of Kenya, you had the case that was thrown out where 139 police officers were actually taken to court mm-hmm. uh, to answer for some of their crimes when it comes to police brutality. And... We have bodies such as IPOA that have been set up, mm-hmm. but the reality is Amnesty has documented 778 police killings and enforced disappearances since 2007, but only 28 charges over these crimes have been brought forward. Yeah, yeah and but the roughly 6,000 cases of police misconduct that IPOA has investigated since its inception, which was in 2011, as uh-huh. you mentioned. <laughs> sorry <laughs> it's so ridiculous sorry. it's ridiculous yeah mm-hmm. only six officers have been convicted mm-hmm. yeah so since that one plus one doesn't make sense let's do quick math yeah. six over six thousand what is that even in percentages zero point zero 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 one percent is it zero point zero zero point zero zero one percent oh my god yes yeah so that's, that's your likelihood of justice through IPOA, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> I suppose. Likelihood. To, yeah, the police overwatch, oversight right. of authority. Right. Yeah. And then you had all these during the, the, what is this called? When they, um, yeah, the barricades on traffic and you had all these out-of-touch commentators mm-hmm. and, you know, the Kenyan press giving platforms to people to basically paint it as you know, civilian irresponsibility. Mm-hmm. And I remember even one person commented and said they didn't understand why people were not just rushing the police. But your chances of justice if you rush the police in that circumstance are zero point zero 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 one percent. So which country do these people live in? Because if you have ever had to commute in Nairobi, just... As an ordinary person, think about think about Nairobi and where people go to work, right? Mm-hmm. You have Upper Hill. Who drives to Upper Hill? You have to make that walk. 
yeah. right? Mm -hmm. You make that walk into CBD, you get one or two matatus, sometimes even three for some people, depending on where you live. Because most people are not living in the CBD or living in the leafy suburbs mm -hmm. close to where they work, right? You're True. living in Siokimau, in Kikuyu, uh, Raka, places that aren't close by. And you're leaving work at 6 or 6.30, depending on you know, your employer. And to be fair to employers, we've been in a pandemic where everybody's just going through the most, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of them are working hard to ensure that people leave early enough. But for a lot of them, it's also, you know, how do you make ends meet and ensure that you're still holding on to people? And so I don't know what reality these people live in. You know, and it goes as far as the state doesn't spare anyone. Right. Because we recently saw children finish, students rather, mm -hmm. they finished uh, their KCSE exams and they were prepared to, you know, go back home. They've cleared high school. I remember when I cleared high school, I was so excited to just finish and get into the new world. Mm. And they were hit with this hard reality where they had to sleep in the park because they couldn't beat the curfew to right. get back home. Mm. And I think about it in the context of even Faith Mumo, who emerged the number one um, KCSC candidate. Mm -hmm. And in her interview, she said she decided on becoming a neurosurgeon because being a journalist, or rather her teacher discouraged her from being a journalist because there isn't any merit, purpose, fulfillment from that <laughs> career. I mean, I, I'm personally not somebody who ascribes to that belief that, you know, STEM is more superior than the arts or mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. But even in the context of that in this country, we've seen in the pandemic that doctors are absolutely mistreated. They always have been. Mm -hmm. We've seen journalists being state apologists that are out of touch. Yeah. So if she's weighing out both career options, <laughs> I mean, all I can say is good luck, Faith. I wish the best for you. I wish you the prayers that Elsa prayed because <laughs> nothing looks good. <laughs> good luck. Good luck to her. <laughs> and yeah. speaking of girls, yeah. you know, we recently, someone is a bit spicy. Mm -hmm. uh, this is uh, the CS for education. Right. Magoha. He wasn't pleased with the fact that more girls were in school and doing well. And mm -hmm. he said, and I quote, 20 counties registered more female candidates than male candidates. This is a worrying trend. It may be time we start teaching children equally, not paying too much attention to the girl child, end quote. <laughs> right. Um, huh. So mixed feelings about this. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think people need to deep dive into data beyond just what it presents. And so CS Magoha should have done a little bit more digging before presenting it as a statement because then this almost sounds like a policy position right yeah number one number two this is coming out of an education year where you had so many girls being pretty much a lot of statutory rape going on in schools and outside of schools a lot of girls being impregnated there were even protests that we saw from students in schools yeah. Uh, during the same education year. And so therefore, I think it's very important to lay statistics against very specific contexts, mm -hmm. even if the intention is great, you know. Yeah. As I say, it doesn't matter if the harm um, is more than what your good intentions were. Yeah, uh, I'd say Magoha needs to 
revise his priorities. And speaking of Nairobi mm-hmm. and lockdown, something mm. else is happening in Nairobi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> something else is allegedly, yeah, allegedly <laughs> happening. <in> allegedly. <laughs> After the 2021 Olympics, we are going to have our own Real Housewives of Nairobi, which is, um, I guess, <laughs> exciting news for those who are in love with trash TV, such as myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you're excited. <laughs> it's nice to just, you know, occasionally turn TV on and see rich women put their pricey gym memberships to good work by snatching off wigs and smashing people's furniture mm-hmm. around <laughs> in glasses, right? Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty aspirational, don't you think? I think so. Mm-hmm. And as per the trailer, <laughs> which came out in 2019, mm. but it doesn't seem to be on the global franchise, so that's why we're saying allegedly and not confirmed. Exactly. Yeah. It's not been confirmed by the franchise the fr- hey Jehovah. Mm-hmm. The franchise of <laughs> Real Housewives, but you know what? When I watched the clip, at the end there was a different um title, something Queens or whatever. So if the idea is to just have a show that is similar, mm-hmm. I think it'll still be quite interesting because it would be interesting to just see People who don't do much, just living their day-to-day lives, mm-hmm. talking about different leather bits like shoes and bags, um, drinking champagne. <laughs> hmm. But I wonder why it's taken so long to be released, because since 2019, like they've constantly been teasing us. And maybe right now, since maybe it's in production, maybe they finish, we don't know. But if it's currently in production... You know, there's construction going on everywhere around Nairobi and no one wants, you know, the scenery of just roads in their in their shots. Yeah, in the drone shot. Can mm. you imagine the drone over Westlands <laughs> or the drone over Mombasa Road as, you know, these rich women are moving to the airport, right? Yeah. And it's going to look terrible. <laughs> and, you know, it gives me a lot of anxiety uh-huh. because I remember when Cardi was supposedly supposed to come to Nairobi, right? Mm-hmm. If we had seen how Ghanaians had done, no, it was Nigerians had done such a good job. And then she went to Ghana and things kind of went sticky. Yeah. <laughs> then she was supposed to come to Kenya and I was like, oh, snap, we need to hand it over to the Cheers Baba guys. Because they're the only ones that can manage this experience and save our national image. Mm-hmm. And that's the same way I feel about Real Housewives, right? Mm-hmm. You have Real Housewives of Johannesburg, which is really entertaining. And then you have this Kenyan version where I'm not entirely sure it would be. That said, it would be great to see people whose wigs are never really rained on. And when they are rained on, it's considered romantic. Because yeah. again, as I said, if you've lived an Nairobi reality, the rain is not cute. Yeah. Yeah. You mm-hmm. don't even live on the ground floor because you'll be flooded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, you're constantly in mud, in jabs, like... It's a nightmare. The Matatu Fair goes up by three times. Nobody who's lived that reality thinks of the rain and thinks of romance. And people usually crack jokes and they're like, Kenyans fear the rain, even when they're in cars. Like, the moment you just see that rain, you're going. But it's trauma. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a trauma response. Yeah. <laughs> and you talked about, about wigs. Mm. Guess who else is snatching everyone's wigs? Who's snatching everybody's wigs? Kenyan TikTok star, Kelvin Ikwara. Yeah, I've been seeing the clips on Twitter like a typical old woman. 
I need to actually I need to actually go and follow him because I found it so cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's quite adorable and you know all the things that are happening in the country right now it kind of it's a relief to just see him enjoy himself and get famous just from being authentic and being himself. Exactly. I really like it. Mm-hmm. And I think you know TikTok has really done well for us in terms of Kenyan image and PR. You have Kelvin, you have Esther, Kazungu, mm-hmm. you have quite a few people that have been sort of like breakaway stars that have made us look really good. Yeah. And they don't cost it's 600 million 600,000 USD, which uh-huh. is what our government has currently paid for a lobbying and PR firm from the US. Oh, wow. <laughs> <sighs> Whew, it's a huge, huge, huge cost. And um, so we see that recently Nairobi hired a lobbying firm, mm. Rational 360, mm-hmm. to help engage Washington, D.C. on relationship building. Okay. <laughs> and some of the partners work it, worked with Bill Clinton, Barack mm-hmm. Obama at the White House and Oval Office, mm-hmm. and a Ruby Washington relationship for a country that thinks we're part of Wakanda. <laughs> that place from Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> and where Barack Obama's certificate is. Yeah, uh, where his birth certificate is. That's Kenya. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, to be fair, to be fair, if you think about even that phone call that was made to the IMF by a Kenyan <laughs> and the lady, <laughs> the lady that picked up asked him, are you the leader of Kenya, mm-hmm. right? Like, this is literally how most Americans view the rest of the world, mm-hmm. right? I mean, even their own map, they don't know. So can you imagine <laughs> explaining to them where you're from, who you are, why they should care, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like they're very self-absorbed. So I can kind of see why from a diplomatic perspective, this is necessary. Mm-hmm. That said, going by the track record of our government, I don't trust it. I don't like it. Um, it's definitely going to be messy. Yeah. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the people who stand to gain from this image, you know, rebrand or whatever. Yeah is expatriates definitely Mm -hmm. yeah or immigrants i prefer the term immigrants but (laughs) you know that expatriate thing is whatever they're immigrants right Mm -hmm. they're economic immigrants that's exactly what they are Mm -hmm. a lot of them are actually even illegal they operate here on tourist visas but you know somebody the other day did a survey on um or rather did um a thread on why it's important to support foreigners coming in which I agree with, if they're following the law, if they're paying the taxes, mm-hmm. if they're, you know, due process, etc., which isn't the case, unfortunately, in Kenya. But yeah. you know what? Well done to them. Good luck to them. Um, in my next life, I need to be a good person because I definitely need to come back reincarnated as a white Nordic man. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really worrying to see that this firm is... Yeah. Same firm that was working with Bill Clinton, and mm. we all know the kind of reputation that Bill Clinton has. Mm-hmm. You know, he was in the Oval Office, and you know there was this whole scandal mm. surrounding Monica Lewinsky. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's just—it's not a good look. It's not really a good look. Yeah, it's—it's it's not a good look. But practically speaking, mm-hmm. if you could hire somebody to do this for you, you are being messy, Max. Right? Yeah. And you needed to hire somebody to clean your shit up. Mm-hmm. 
it wouldn't be the person that cleaned it up for Bill Clinton. Be the first one you'd run to. Yeah, true. Because <laughs> if, 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 if he could come out of that, I mean, Kenya can come out of whatever mess we're in. Exactly. Which is a lot. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I, 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 can, I can see the forest and the trees. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> right? But it's still a fucking jungle. Mm-hmm. Okay, so President Joe Biden is looking to keep the refugee cap at 15,000, which was Trump's cap and the lowest one ever. And you know what? Trump is actually the only politician who fulfilled all his promises. Mm-hmm. I'll give credit where credit is due. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Because Joe Biden just did a a whole backtrack. His, 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 his promise in his whole campaign trail was, <laughs> I'm going to give 60,000 people, you know, refugees, you can come in. And now it's four times less that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, maybe this is why the U.S. firm and Kenya, you know, the relations, because they're kind of learning from each other, you know, because African presidents are famed for, you know, not keeping their promises, so. I think in that case, then there needs to be a Kenyan firm charging the U.S. government. Uh, like an exchange 6,000 <laughs> USD for this kind of thing, because mm-hmm. we are experts. And... <laughs> Most of the refugees, 7,000 out of that 15,000, are supposed to be coming from Africa. Mm-hmm. Uh, not very comforting, considering this is the home, the playground of racism yeah. and shootings and mm-hmm. all kinds of violence. Uh, that said, uh, you can only just wish them the best of luck. Yeah, true. Yeah. And since you're on the topic of Africans... Or like Africa, African mm. countries. Mm. We recently saw something happen in Sierra Leone. Mm-hmm. So there's been protests or a strike in Sierra Leone in solidarity. So junior doctors in Sierra Leone, they went on a strike after one of the female colleagues was assaulted by government officials. And the incident happened at a protest mm. over poor hygiene and cleanliness conditions at one of the country's referral hospitals. Mm. Can you imagine... It's like something terrible is happening within something terrible that you're protesting. And for them to be in allyship, you know, and come out and defend, you know, this female colleague. Yeah. It's, it's quite moving. It, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't believe in handing out cookies for human decency. Yeah. But it's great because back here at home... Mm-hmm. <laughs> What men are doing is tuning into Masculinity Saturday, <laughs> right? And speaking of Masculinity Saturday, mm-hmm. I don't get how men reason in a lot of situations, right? Yeah. Because the person who you know, pioneered or whatever Masculinity Saturday ha- allegedly has his nudes out. <laughs> and that's actually a violation, to be quite honest, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's men making fun of him. Mm-hmm. Whereas when it comes to women's nudes and you find like feminists and women complaining about it, men are always like, why did she do that anyways? Yeah. You guys never say anything when men's nudes are leaked. Mm-hmm. But look at the flip side. Yeah, men always want women to come out in their defense when they themselves can do that for themselves. Yeah, and they're making fun mm-hmm. of the entire situation, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is pretty fucked up. 
Anyways, that is quite a fire this morning. Speaking of fires, you have the University of Cape Towns. Mm-hmm. <sighs> is it the Africa dis- division that was burnt down? Yes. Yeah. Most of it. Yeah, we're not going to see the kind of solidarity we saw for Notre Dame. And I even saw somebody commenting and saying that because of that fire and the fact that it burnt down quite a bit in terms of African history, that's why they do not support the British Museum returning all the stolen artifacts. (laughs) (laughs) Can you guess what color that person was? Oh, well, Hmm? Kel (laughs) Supreme. goodness yeah yeah but it's pretty sad because a lot of the rarest books about africa were stored there Mm -hmm. um and they hadn't completed fully digitizing them so that is a massive massive loss in addition to the kind of losses we've had historically as a continent but on the flip side we have a lot of african books that were whitewashed Mm. so those were also burned down in the fire so oh my goodness speaking of bittersweet so Mm -hmm. france has recently changed its laws on age of consent Mm -hmm. um and has finally outlawed having sex with children under the age of 15 yo which is like what yeah what the hell that's pretty disgusting to be quite honest Mm -hmm. um Anyways, now they have a punishment of up to 20 years in jail. This was unanimously agreed upon, which is rare, actually, because the French are always fighting anything and everything, Mm -hmm. right? But, you know, good for them on this. Yeah, good for them. Yeah. Yeah. And some of the lawmakers expressed their worries that the law was prejudiced and could affect one party Mm. of consensual sexual relationship between a minor and, you know, the other individual who's maybe a few years older. So... To count it, all this, they came up with a Romeo and Juliet law, law yeah. which secures sexual relationships happening between a minor and an individual up to five years older. Mm. It's, still, it's still not comforting. Because if someone is 15, so if the other person is 20, mm. it's still okay. But it's not. It shouldn't be. No, it shouldn't. I'm sorry. It just, yeah. you, And... If you think about it, we are living in the era of QAnon, who believe that Democrats are molesting children in pizza shops, oh, right? And mm-hmm. yeah, and they have, and they've taken over hashtags such as Save the Children. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you have this landscape where YouTubers such as James Charles are being accused of being child molesters, have been cancelled from the platform. Back home, you have people with thousands and thousands and thousands of followers instigating that we should lower the age of consent in Kenya to not even 15, Mm -hmm. to as low as 13. Yeah. Sorry, I I almost threw up. I'm sorry. That's, I'm not, I'm not sorry, actually. That's pretty disgusting. Yeah, yeah, to really, really low. And you know what? I just... I, I don't know what to think about it. I don't know why people want to be with children in that way. Anytime I hang out with children, like that's the last thing mm-hmm. on my mind. So I don't know what kind of sick people 
are out there. But whatever. Good news. At the very least, TB Joshua's channel has been cancelled. Yeah. Gone down with its 1.8 million subscribers mm. that were tuning into his homophobic uh, conversion camp content. This comes hot on the heels of multiple incidents of homophobic violence across the continent. We've seen several hashtags calling for justice for Bule Poswa, Annalisa Ngo. Mkolo. I think Mcholo. Mcholo. I'm not too sure. Let me not butcher it. Yeah. But it's M N G Q O L O. Yeah, and Lonwabo. Yeah, in South Africa. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the bizarre element around it is you had Jack Dorsey opening the new Twitter HQ in Africa in Accra, Ghana. Mm. And the reason he said or rather that he's one of the reasons that he spoke about was because of democracy, um, respect for human rights, expression, etc. But this is the same Ghana where they're having so many crackdowns on LGBTQIA people. Mm -hmm. So where does Twitter's code of conduct actually sit? Yeah, given the fact that even if you, anyone who's been on Twitter would see that, would notice mm -hmm. that even if you see like a tweet that's targeted at you know uh, gay people or queer people rather it's not even if you report it mm. nothing is done no action is taken by twitter but <laughs> anyone who goes against say white people mm. even in the slightest because i recently saw someone who mm. called someone white white mm -hmm. and was his account was suspended because of that Mm. For no reason at all. So the double standards with uh, Twitter launching uh, their headquarters in Africa, yet still, you know, not condemning any of these actions. It's quite yeah. telling. I mean, they should have just done it and kept quiet. I don't see why they had to go on that little rosy quote on freedom and expre of expression, democracy, and hum and respecting of human rights. Mm -hmm. uh, that would have been more sincere. And speaking of sincerity and <laughs> truly caring about stuff, so Facebook uh, has basically decided that they're going to reach a 100% renewable energy milestone mm -hmm. in their quest to champion climate change. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Apple, Microsoft, and Alphabet did it first, but we're going to let them off the hook for this one. Mm, you know, yeah. It's a good cause. <laughs> whatever is it and a good cause really? yeah it is it is it is um so <laughs> you know they've done kind of well a lot of it is hinged on the work from home policies that it's had for its employees mm -hmm. facebook basically has been one of the largest clean energy buyers in the world according to renewable energy buyers alliance mm -hmm. and they plan to get to net zero emissions by 2030 yeah considering it's still emitting carbon from its construction and use of natural gas in some areas where they have no plausible energy options. So mm -hmm. Let's see. Let's wait and see. Yeah, let's wait and see. Ah, speaking of tech and people who allegedly manipulated tech, Russia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's been avid opposition against um, the dictatorial leadership of Putin, mm -hmm. which has basically given rise to opposition leaders like Alexei Navalny. However, they have now been lumped as extremist groups um, and not the opposition, which is 
well, unsurprising. <laughs> yeah, this is just at the wake of Russia's draconian legislation that outlaws extremist groups. So it's quite convenient, would you say? Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, this Alexei has done quite a few hunger strikes mm-hmm. in jail. And Putin gives me the energy of an African mom. You know, when you tell your mom, I'm not eating, I'm so mad. She's like, yes, you can ja. See me unakulia, you know? Like, <laughs> I don't see Putin giving a fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He really doesn't care. Mm-hmm. But um, his doctors, Navalny's doctors, said uh-huh. he will die within the next few days if not given medical attention, you know, because of the hunger strike. Right. And his lawyers who have been visiting him said the center has no doc. Wow, no doctors. Man, Putin really decided, like, I'm not going to give you any help at all. He poisoned him, Max. Wow. Allegedly. (laughs) (laughs) He poisoned him, and Mm. he basically has the rest of the world doing, oye, oye, I kiss you, just let him leave, oye, oye. Yeah. <laughs> and fuck all is going to happen. Yeah, to <laughs> the point where we even have, like, celebrities who are signing petitions to have, <laughs> to have Putin just go a bit easy on Alexei. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we've seen celebrities such as J.K. Rowling, Ken mm. Burns, Benedict Cumberbatch, Jude Law, and, you know, many others. And the White House has sent a strong warning. <laughs> uh-huh. Same same White House that invaded Iraq on allegations of weapons of mass destruction, <laughs> sending strong warnings. Oh, boo-hoo, Putin must be so scared. Oh, he's shaking. <laughs> he's shaking right now. Shaking on his horse, shirtless <laughs> in the winter, <laughs> as per his calendar, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, Putin gives a fuck. That is the end of episode 10 from us. My name is Noni Mangi and... I'm Maxine Jacker. Definitely tune in for our next episode and follow us on all our social media accounts and we are available on all podcast streaming platforms. Down with the tribe, it's a new age groove, one step at a time, and we move to the tune while we're set in the style, no it is what it is, trouble new, new high, good vibes when we get down with the tribe, it's a new age groove, one step at a time, and we move to the tune while we're set in the style.